0: Welcome to the Compliance 911 Show, a no-nonsense podcast discussing hot topics for today's busy compliance professional. It's everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but we're afraid to ask. And now, here are your hosts, Dean Stockford of M&M Consulting and Len Susio of Geodata Vision.
1: Hi, Dean. Well, here we go again, recording another podcast. I can't believe we've been doing this for a year and a half now, and it's been a very enjoyable experience, and we're getting great feedback from people. It just dawned on me that we have been doing this since actually the very beginning of 2021. And uh, I was surprised to see that there's more than 50 episodes that we've recorded and touching upon a whole bunch of topics. So what topic are you going to touch upon today?
2: Hi, Len, and yes, that is a milestone, and I look forward to many more. Um, I enjoy our dialogue on the various topics. So uh, let's get back to what's on tap, uh, as you just uh, requested. Um, I'm going to take people back today to what we call the ERM basics. Uh, not a lengthy uh, podcast by any stretch of the imagination, but with the stepped-up enforcement by regulators on a myriad of compliance topics Uh, the bank failure issues that we've been seeing in the news, uh, all of the emphasis relative to climate risk and ESG, and I hate to say the political pressures, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, all of this is going to put or place additional pressure on enterprise risk management overall.
1: Well, Dean, I wholeheartedly agree that ERM is definitely going to be high up on every regulator's list especially with the newer risks resulting from like ESG and climate risk uh, and the evolving expectations relative to those issues. And that's not to mention the recent big changes under Dodd-Frank, Section 1071. Uh, ERM is definitely going to be under the microscope. So I think you picked a timely topic for today.
2: I totally agree. And in my opinion, all regulatory eyes are focused on enterprise risk management. And executives at financial institutions can expect robust ERM exams this year and into 2024. There's no tea leaves required for this one.
1: Well, Dean, doesn't every financial institution have an ERM?
2: Yeah, uh, you know, it's a great question, but the answer is yes. Uh, But there are different versions depending on many factors. Um, And I would encourage institutions to review their ERM policy and ensure it's adequate, whether the policy is relatively new, whether it's seasoned. Um, There are three findings that seem to be surfacing consistently uh, that we've seen recently from not only auditors, but also the examiners themselves. And let me kind of uh, unpack that a little bit. So uh, to cite a lack of coverage of technology systems, the MIS considered in the ERM policy, Many ERM policies will include aspirational statements about data analysis, aggregated data, key risk indicators, and the various reporting uh, produced for management committees and the board, and never include any wording about the need for or the reliance on adequate technology systems to support the data analysis, the aggregating, or computation of performance against the KRIs. In other words, How does all this reporting come to be? (laughs) And then you got to test, obviously, Mm -hmm. the integrity of the information. Mm -hmm. The discussion of technology systems uh, in an ERM policy should include the requirement for data and technology structure that supports the institution's reporting needs, along with the need to understand where this data is, how to capture it, and how to aggregate it. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of you know, when you talk about CRA and the CRA context. uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Also, you know, the second part is to, you know, the lack of of coverage for the strategic plan. Uh, This doesn't mean that the strategic plan has to be restated in the ERM policy over and over and over again. But since the discipline of uh, practicing ERM is to ensure that the financial institution meets its strategic goals and objectives, This relationship to the strategic plan should be mentioned at the beginning of the ERM policy. And again, hook, line, and sinker, tone at the top, all the way down through. Um, And then the third thing that we've been seeing is is the reference to talent management. Um, Examiners uh, like to bandy about the phrase qualified and competent management. Um, I think I've mentioned a couple of times uh, before I actually saw a criticism of a BSA officer in the level of competency that they had, even though they've been with the bank for many, many years. Um, wow. Good talent management program will ensure that staff have the necessary skills to support that overall ERM program. And this section can be brief, but should reference existing staff in the talent acquisition program. So not just you know, how what type of talent we have, how do we attract talent, Um, And how do we uh, uh, train to, you know, job-specific type criteria?
1: Well, that seems pretty straightforward. You mentioned you broke it down into three specific segments or topics. Uh, So what do you recommend for the audience, Dean?
2: Well, we don't have time to go over everything, obviously, when we talk about ERM. But the inclusion of the information that I just discussed could eliminate a potential finding or findings in the future. So I encourage risk managers and senior management to review policies for gaps uh, and incorporate what I said previously. The things that we're seeing, Len, is it, it, there seems to be a detachment. Uh, everybody gets busy and, and you know they're focused or they hone in on one specific area. Um, lately, I've been hearing a lot about compliance management systems. Well, that's all great. And I'm very you know encouraged by that. But then how does that play into their overall enterprise risk management? If you have multitude of divisions, if you have other subsidiaries, are those doing, you know, are those part of that compliance management system or or part of your overall enterprise risk program? So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just I think these basics or these reminders um, are, are uh, certainly helpful to clients uh, to identify those types of gaps before the regulators come in and nail you on the three things that I just talked about.
1: Well, Dean, I love it when you break it down and make it simple, basically. And I, you know, breaking this down into three major areas, I think helps people digest the message that you're conveying, which is really critical. ERM is definitely of growing importance in the regulatory community, and bankers are going to see more and more of that in their forthcoming exams. So this has been a great and timely topic. And I'm certain our audience appreciates all your suggestions. This is Len Suzio from GeoDataVision.
2: And this is Dean Stockford from m M&M and Consulting saying thank you for listening to today's topic. Please let us know of any additional topics you'd
0: like to hear in future episodes. Thanks for listening to the Compliance 911 Show. If you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, please give us a like and review to help others find the show. As always, links are in the show notes, and you can always find us online at compliance911show.com. Follow M&M Consulting and Geodata Vision on LinkedIn for all the latest news and information on compliance hot topics.